Hallelujah. Reverend Daniel is a, is a great man. Whatever he says is his life. Praise God. When you were here, I was watching your hair, your, your, hair, your, your, your haircut. Then I remembered something in the Bible. That. <laughs> when the priests were being ordained in the Old Testament, you know, with the priesthood, you couldn't cut your hair like this. That's old, not the new. Understand? <laughs> you couldn't cut your hair like, like this one. At the same time, too, your hair couldn't grow like this one. So if your haircut was determined when you were a priest, your haircut must be in the middle, like my own. <laughs> yeah, that was a prescription in, in the Bible. When it is down, cut, it was a symbol of rebellion against authority. When it was too high, it was a, it's a symbol of self-glory. Because when you position and, I mean, you are now self-glory. So in ministry, there should neither be rebellion or self-glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Very important. To just um, enforce what um, the men of God were saying. Yeah, you are, you are under authority. It's very powerful. And no matter what God does with you, there shouldn't be self-glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. And uh, tonight, we are say tonight, this blessed... We normally preach in the evening, so we say tonight. This blessed Sunday morning, we are so excited. God bless you, shepherd, for heeding to the call of God. And uh, the woman of God, it's so powerful to see women in ministry. And our mommy is also here. It is so powerful to see women in ministry. Some people believe women shouldn't be in ministry, but it, it's not true. It's not true. You see that in the Bible? Miriam was a prophetess and she ministered. Huldah was a prophetess and she ministered. Prophet Isaiah's wife. Isaiah's wife was a prophetess and she ministered. Hallelujah. In the New Testament, Anna, when Jesus was born, Anna, Anna, the Bible says she was a prophetess. And actually she had the ministry of praying and fasting in the temple, even at age 84. Yeah. Anna was a prophetess. This is so amazing. Lydia was in ministry. Phoebe was in ministry. Prisla was in ministry. Yodias and Syntyche, they were in ministry. Paul called them his co-laborers. They were in ministry. Hallelujah. The elect lady was in ministry. You know the elect lady? John wrote to, to the elect lady. Then in Romans 16 verse 7, Junior Salute Junior and Andronicus, who are of note among the apostles. But actually, in the Greek, who among the apostles are the notable ones? And Junior is a female name in the Greek. So she was a woman, but she was a notable apostle. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are a notable pastor. <laughs> Jesus name. So it, it, it's, it's powerful. Now, in John 10, verse 11, you know what our Lord Jesus said? He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Then Jesus says, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Praise the Lord. 
Now, in the original Greek, let me show you how it reads. This is how it reads. I am the shepherd, the good one. Then again, the shepherd, the good one, gives his life for the sheep. So, the shepherd, the good one, are you a good one? Are you a good one? The shepherd, the good one, gives his life for the sheep. That's what Jesus said. First of all, you have to treasure the sheep. In Acts 20, verse 28, he says, take heed to yourselves. And to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So here, he didn't say the church of Jesus, but he says the church of God, which God purchased with his own blood. So in this verse, we see the deity of Christ here. In, in this verse, the Holy Ghost calls Jesus God. He's, Jesus is God, which God purchased with his own blood. That is to tell us that the flock, we are the flock. We must be very important. That is to speak of our value. If God purchased the flock with his own blood, then the flock is worth his life. Then the flock must be very expensive. Then just think, think about the surpassing worth of the flock. Now, if I pay for something, that's the value I give it. If I say this is um, five Ghana CD, I'm not sure you'll even respect it. You may even leave it and go. But if you are told that this thing, you see here, it's actually $10,000. I'm sure after the anointing, you put it in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> so the value of the flock, you know how worth they are? God's blood. And blood is life. So to actually pastor and shepherd God's people, what a privilege. It's a serious matter. What a privilege. It's a privilege. I think so. It's a privilege. Hallelujah. It says to shepherd the church of God. Now, Jesus says, I'm the, I'm, I'm the shepherd, the good one. And you know what the good shepherd does? He says that, let, let's go back to our verse. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Praise God. So I ask the question whether you are the good one. And the good one, that's what gives his life. But what kind of life is this? Now, the word here is not Zoe, so he's not talking about a divine life. It's also not bios, where we get the word biology, physical life. But the word is the word suke. Well, from suke is where you get the word psychology or psychic. So, describing the kind of life Jesus is laying down. So, he's actually talking about the soul life. So, the good shepherd lays his life. He's talking about lays his suke. What he does is that he gives his mind to the flock. All his thinking is the flock. All his thought pattern, everything is the flock. All his affection is the flock. All his affection, that's what it must be. If God commit the congregation to your hands, your mind, you are always thinking, you're always caring about them. All your affection is over them. Hallelujah. That's what we are called to be. It's your life. You lay it down. You just, just your thought pattern, your affection, whatever you do, revolve around them. And that's very powerful. 
in this work, being a shepherd, shepherding God's flock is a very, um, you need superhuman energy to do it. It's actually heavy. I think that pastoring of the, of the five-fold ministry, probably pastoring is the most tedious. Yeah, it's very, very, <laughs> you know. When you're pastoring, it's different from being in, a, in an office and signing papers. It is one thing to deal with men and women. You need long suffering. <laughs> Problems. You need long suffering to do that. And you see, you need. In, 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 you know what, uh, uh, what Hebrews 13 7 said? Let's see Hebrews 13 7. It's so amazing. Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of, of God to you. Whose faith follow? Can you give me King James, please? 17, not 7. 17. Obey them that have rule over you and submit to yourselves. For they watch for your souls. They watch for you. What you do is that you are watching over their souls. And the word watch here actually means is a word for wakeful or sleepless shepherd. Like the way Jacob had to care for the flock of Laban, even in the night. That guy was just still keeping the flock. <laughs> so actually, you are called to be wakeful shepherd. Whilst the flock is sleeping, you are caring for them. Amazing. That's the work of a pastor, actually, and the work of a shepherd. Listen, in the book of Nehemiah, all the gates of Jerusalem were repaired. How many gates were they? Twelve gates. Every gate had locks and bars. That means every gate was locked. There's a time to close the gate. There's a time to open the gate. There is one gate that was never locked. In fact, that gate didn't have bars and didn't have locks. It was called a sheep gate. <laughs> because the work of shepherds with the sheep is every time. <laughs> so that is why you have to pray for your leaders every now and then. Hallelujah so that they would be able to do the work and carry it along. God says, I am the good shepherd. That's what he said. And the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. The great, one great accomplishment of a shepherd is to cause the flock to be able to lie down. It's a great accomplishment. Do you know that sheep, they don't easily lie down. If a sheep is hungry, the sheep will never lie down. <laughs> if a sheep is hungry, the sheep will never lie down. To roam and roam and roam and roam and roam, just hustling here and there because the sheep is hungry. If God's people are well fed, they will enter into rest. The anxieties and the worries, those things will be no more. The second thing is that if the sheep is afraid, they would never, they would never lie down. If a sheep is afraid, they will never lie down. And sheep can become afraid by anything, by flies. They can even become afraid by flies or by parasites. Even a rabbit can make sheep afraid. They are easily vulnerable, they are susceptible, they are easily afraid. And when they are afraid, they act foolishly. 
And recently in Turkey, you know what happened? A sheep entered into a ditch and died. 399 sheep followed the sheep and entered into the same ditch and they all died. In Turkey recently. <laughs> so the sheep can really act foolishly. And when they are afraid, they can never lie down. The only time a sheep can lie down is in the presence of a shepherd and when they are secured. So your ministry is so powerful. So when God blesses you with shepherds, God wants to usher you into your rest. And when you are in rest, you know the rest? That's the promised land. It's a place where everything is, is provided. Fellowship with God. Every need is supplied. Hallelujah. All right. So now that you have, you have the first ordained pastor and shepherd, what should be our response to them? They understand their work. They've been prepared to this time. But as, as a congregation, there are three things I want to briefly mention before I sit down. What you should do. Number one, appreciate them. The first step is appreciation. Hallelujah. You need to, that's what Pastor T was saying. You have to appreciate them. Very important. Pastor T was telling me some time ago that you know when Jesus went to uh, his hometown, to Nazareth, um, they didn't, they were not blessed. Because he could have moved powerfully, but they began to say, Oh, but this man, this guy, he's here with us. We know his brothers. Is this, is this not a carpenter? The carpenter, carpenter's son. We know his brothers and sisters. They're all around. What's special about him? So Jesus, because of that, couldn't do mighty works in that place. Because they, they saw him in the flesh. They couldn't see his fullness, who truly he is in, in divinity. So sometimes, oh, that's of my media. She's here with us. But something has changed today. Praise God. You have to honor her. Now, to honor the man of God and not honor his wife is, is a misnomer. It, it's, it's not right. It's not correct. It, it's lack of understanding. The honor you give a pastor, you have to give to his wife. The two are actually one. <laughs> and even now, she's also in the office. So it's amazing. Don't see yourself, my media, waving classmates. <laughs> People do that. So much that they, they can't even say Pastor Helen. Oh, ah, Helen, dear. Uh-huh. Oh, people do that. I've seen people do that. Because they were, they were mates in the university and they slept in the same room. They were roommates. So because of that, no, something has changed. Yeah, calling her by nickname and all that. Because you see, when someone becomes your pastor, your pastor becomes God's del delivery system, God's channel or God's canal. Whatever God wants to get to you comes from the head of Aaron, and it's, it just flows down. Once your pastor is blessed, you are going to be blessed. Because the corporate anointing comes from the head and it just runs down. Through the, the beard, the beard, sorry, which speaks of the, the leadership or the elders, and it flows down. It's pleased God by the preaching of the gospel to save them that believe. It's preached, it, it pleased God by the, the foolishness of the gospel, you know, by the foolishness, sorry, of preaching to save them that believe. So God has ordained the ministers and they 
to save. That word save means to heal, to deliver, you know, to bless them that believe. So your pastor becomes like the channel, the canal system, the means through which God's blessing comes to you. So you have to hold him well. If you don't receive and appreciate him, you will lose what you have to receive. Praise God. Now look at 1 Thessalonians 5. Look at verse 12 to 13. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. So that's, that's our duty. We have to, the Bible says, we have to esteem them very highly. I have actually been amazed with the words very highly. Why the Holy Spirit will use that word? Now, if you understand this word, it will blow your mind. Is the word hupa ek perisio. It's the same word that is used for unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now he's saying that we should honor those over us. We should honor them exceedingly abundantly. That's what he's saying. So when it comes to respecting those over us, it's the same word hupa ek perisio. <laughs> exceedingly above the greatest abundance. Hooper is actually, Hooper means over, above, and beyond. So he's saying that we have to regard them high, 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 high. <laughs> very high, very high. It's so amazing. I'm amazed that I was even amazed why this should be used for men. Then the Bible says, for their work's sake. Do you know that in America today, 1,500 pastors resign every month in ministry? 500 are leaving the ministry every month. Pastors. Pastors are leaving the ministry every month. Why? Fatigue, stress, burnout, divorce. These are the reasons, the causes. Every month. So people are leaving the ministry. So prepare to be in ministry. <laughs> to make up for the numbers. <laughs> but it says very highly. It's amazing. Very. So let's do that. Hallelujah. Because, you see, when God calls you as a pastor, as a shepherd, he says be instant in season, out of season. You know what it means? In season means that when things are all right, when the money is coming, when the blessings are flowing, when your family life is in order, when things are pleasant in season, you carry continue ministry. Then there is out of season, a carry when things are not working, everything is against you. You know, the money is not coming. There are no provisions. The struggle, people are against you on the left, on the right. He says, even in that season, we still preach. So when you are a pastor, you, you, you don't change because of seemingly circumstances that are bombarding you. It is in season and out of season. The work of the ministry is the most difficult work on planet Earth. It is, a man cannot do it. That is why God anoints you to do it. Without anointing, no man can do this work. Actually, this work is, is massive. You know what Paul said? For I, would, for, for I think that God has appointed us last with the apostles, last as it were appointed unto death. For we are a spectacle unto men, to the world, and unto angels. That's what Paul said. Paul is saying that it seems that we 
who are doing the ministry, God has reserved us last. He has reserved us last. We have been reserved. We have been reserved for the last show. In those days when kings were fighting, in the days of when slaves used to fight in, in the Roman Empire, in the arena, you know, if, if you've watched Gladiator before, uh-huh, where they, I mean, it is life and death. You fight to live. Either you survive or you die. In the days of the Roman Empire, when, when they, they fight, they put the best show at the last show. That was the fiercest of all. Well, only the, the strongest will live. And Paul says that it's as if that we, the ministers, God has set us for the last show. In 1 Corinthians 4, then he says that we are the filth of the world. We are the sweepings of the world. That means the world doesn't want us. When you sweep your room, where do you carry the rubbish? You sweep the room and you put the rubbish, rubbish elsewhere. He says, we, the ministers, we are the sweepings of the world. The world doesn't even like us. So we don't seek for the world's approval. This work, we are dealing with men, we are dealing with different human personalities, we are dealing with demons, we are dealing with Satan, we are dealing with so many things. <laughs> Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1, Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. The word minister there is hypiratus. In those days, you see the ships we have. We have powerful engines that run the ships. But in those days, there were no engines that run the ships. They put criminals below the deck at the engine room. And the engine was actually human engines. They were under rowers. They will row and row. No one sees them. But it's because of them that the ship moves. So they will begin to row. And they will be in chains, bound. And they will row and row to produce power. For the ship to move on. Apostle Paul says that let a man so account of us as such. So if we're a minister, that's what you are. You are not in ministry for the world to see you. We are in ministry for the eternal ship, the church, to be able to move forward. Jesus is the captain, but we are under the deck. Working, working, trusting, fulfilling the ministry for the ship to arrive at safe harbor. Hallelujah. It's amazing. Glory to God. So number one, please appreciate all your leadership, especially the pastors, the shepherd. Appreciate them. How many of you will do that? And honor them. He says we should honor them highly. Like a river that has overflown its banks and a little on top of it. <laughs> number two, pray for them. So first is appreciation. Second is prayer. I'm giving you three points. Secondly, pray for them. Now, two things. Either you are criticizing your leaders or you are praying for your leaders. There is no middle ground. Ask your neighbor, are you criticizing or you are praying? Very important. Don't do so. Now, even if your pastor is failing, don't go and talk to others about your pastor's failure. It's still wrong. It's wrong. Even if you see a pastor doing something that is not right, don't go and tell others, oh, look at pastor, look at pastor. No, 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 no. Your first response must be, prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. The reason why members are not blessed is because um, they end up speaking against authority. If authority fails, it's not your, you are not in the, the place to even speak concerning the failure. 
it is not in your authority. You are exercising yourself in higher matters. That's what David said. He doesn't exercise himself in higher matters, but you are doing it. Yeah, because a leader's failure can either be your demotion or promotion based on how you handle the the failure of, of leadership of the leader. We see that in Noah. Noah was so successful when the world was corrupt. But when the corruption was over, that's when he failed. <laughs> yeah, there are some people, in terms of hardship, they do very well. But when things are at ease, that's when they begin to compromise. <laughs> so when the corruption was over and they were in the new world, Noah drank and drank until he became naked. It's like, I finished my assignment, what again? <laughs> yeah. Most of the times, the greatest victory, the defeat comes after the greatest victory. Yeah. And he was lying down naked. Was it right or wrong? It was wrong, true or false. It was wrong. But Ham went and saw his father's nakedness. What was Ham's response? He went and informed his brothers, Japheth and Shem, come and see your father's nakedness. But those, those, those two guys were wise. They took a cloth and they walked backward to cover their father's nakedness. They didn't go front, uh, walk f- uh, forwardly to just see the nakedness, but they walked backward. That was wisdom. The man was drunk and asleep, but when he woke up from his sleep, he began to prophesy. <laughs> the guy had failed, but he began to prophesy. The first thing he said was, Curse be unto Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be. So, he even foreknew, he cursed the fourth son of Ham. <laughs> His fourth son, he cursed him. And blessed be, he blessed Japheth, he blessed Shem. But the guy had failed. You may think you are touching human failure. No, you are touching God's government. The guy, there are some people who are deputizing God's government on earth. Don't say anything about them. Keep quiet. It's not your business. Leave it. Don't you have other things to talk about? There are so many things. Talk about football. Talk about... <laughs> what has this man of God done? Say, I don't know. There are so many things. Why do you want to just... Don't talk about him. Now the Bible says that, Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master, he standeth or falleth. So it means that whether the man is standing or falling, he says, Who are you? Judging another man's servant. Pray for him. Leave him to God. Miriam, now Miriam is a sinner, but was a sinner sister to Moses. She was there when Moses was born, and she was the one. You see, even when Moses was put on the on the river, she was there. It's almost like in the natural, she had superiority over him. So Moses himself said, "No one should marry outside Israel. It's in the law. You marry an Israelite." And Moses went to marry an Ethiopian. Is it good or bad? But you told us that. Now you have brought the laws that we shouldn't marry. Leadership by example. You've got to marry an Ethiopian. So Aaron is your senior brother who is three years older than you. And Miriam was the first. So the two of them, they are the right people to, to talk. So the two of them began to say, Moses, you've not done well. They were just speaking against Moses, speaking. What is Moses saying? Why? God showed up. So see, the anointing is far different from natural, you know, you know, because they think that naturally, in the natural sphere of life, they are the elders. They could just... But, but spiritual things are different from the natural. God just showed up. 
he says that if I call the prophet, I appear to him by dream or by visions. But that's not how I minister to Joseph, uh, uh, Moses. With him, I speak face to face and mouth to mouth, and even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord will he behold. Why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? <laughs> when the glory cloud lifted, she was leprous. <laughs> you know why Aaron didn't die? Because she was in a high priestly garment. When he took it off, he died. So when it comes to God's, I mean, those who deputize God's authority, don't speak against them. Your first, the Bible says that first of all, so priority, prayers, supplications, intercessions, giving of thanks, be made for all men. For kings and for those who are in authority, he said first of all. So that must be your first response. Pray for your leadership. Hallelujah. If you have any concern, go to him. Don't, go, don't be telling others. Now, how should you pray? How should you pray? How should you pray? Romans 15, 30 to 32. I'm showing you how you can pray for, 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 for pastor and for the shepherd. Romans 15, 30 to 32. Verse 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. That's how you should pray for your man of God. He says you should, you should strive with me in your prayers. Strive. I know that when I said pray for your man of God, you can just be on your, in your bed. Father, bless Pastor Helen. You can just use one minute to bless all of them. Bless Pastor Helen. Blessed person in the Reverend Anayo, blessed, blessed, blessed all the shepherd father, thank you for their lives. Amen. It's good, but what the, the kind of person I'm talking about, look at what is written here. He says, Strive. Now, the word strive is sun agonizomai. It's S U N, sun agonizomai. Sun actually means together. And agonizomai, you see the word agony is inside, is the word used for wrestling in those days. A restless fight in the battlefield or in the in the arena. Uh-huh. Literally, he's saying, "Come together and fight for me in prayer. Come together and war on my behalf in prayer." Hallelujah! So it's, it is praying well and praying strategically, praying for him, not just saying one word and going. Just pray wholeheartedly, pray scripturally. Just come together and do it. Strive. That's what we must pray for concerning our pastors. Hallelujah. Because Paul himself said in 1 Thessalonians 5.25, Brethren, pray for us. So prayer is important. Even Apostle Paul said, with all the revelation, said, Brethren, pray for us. Apostle Paul, with all his anointings, said, Brethren, pray for us. The one who was taken to heaven and heard unspeakable words of which it is not lawful for the mouth to utter. He said, Brethren, pray for us. <laughs> so we need to pray for them. People talk about pastors who are failing, but you have no right to say that. Have you ever prayed for the person? Pray for us. Then 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 1 and 2. He, so, so all the prayer requests Paul gave the church, we have to take them and use it to pray for our pastors. You see. First, 2 Thessalonians 3. Yeah. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of God may have free cause and be glorified even as it is with you. So this is a good prayer topic. 
that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Can you imagine? Divine protection, deliverance. So all of this is important. Then Colossians 4 verse 3, even also pray Colossians 4 verse 3. Utterance, that when they speak the word, it will come with clarity. Hallelujah. So I'm giving three things. I said, first, what should you do? Appreciate your pastor. Second, pray for your pastor. And thirdly, you have to give to your pastor. Hallelujah. Oh, only Pastor Michael said amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is scriptural. You know that there's a difference between blessing and the effect of blessing. When the Bible speaks of blessing, it's not the car, it's not the house, it's not the job. That is not the blessing. That is the effect of blessing. Actually, the word blessing actually is in words. It's in words. (laughs) So look at Ezekiel 44 verse 30. Now Ezekiel 44 verse 30 tells us that. Quickly. And the first of all, the first fruit of all things and every oblation of every sort of your oblations shall be the priest. Ye shall also give unto the priest the first of your dough, that he may cause the blessing to rest in thine house. The priest will cause. The principle still follows. The priest will cause. What it means is that he will speak words over you. When, when your man of God is blessed, he speaks words over you. Oh Lord. And those words are blessings. But what manifests in your life is the effect of the blessings that were pronounced over you. Hallelujah. Some people, some people think that pastors, one time, I went to preach in a, ch- a church, I mean, a few days ago, and I heard that someone went to preach in the same church. When one of the elders came out, went out of the gate and saw the pastor's car, he saw the car and said, no, this man of God is not correct. Why should he be using a nice car? No. No. Why should you be using a nice car if you're a man of God? So the elder was angry. The invited pastor was using a nice car. How do you know whether he's even for someone? You know. (laughs) So angry. The fact that others are abusing and doing their own thing doesn't mean that the truth doesn't exist. You see. The reason we have counterfeit money is because the genuine ones are there. The devil always counterfeit what God is doing, but the sincere one, the, the, the genuine ones are, are still there. And God sincerely blesses. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, in Numbers 18, verse 12, in the Old Testament, you know, you, you know what God ordained? Look, look at something so that when your pastor is blessed, you appreciate him. Just, just read Numbers 18, verse 12 and see something there. Look, it says, All the best of the oil. You see, all the best of the oil and all the best of the wine and of the wheat and the first fruit of them shall they offer unto the Lord. Them have I given thee. Read all. So, if they take the best of the wine, the best of the fruit, the, uh, the, everything, and they give it to the priest. So, God cares for his, those who serve him. <laughs> you shouldn't say as poor as church rats and you are happy. Some people... I don't those people are proud in their own poverty. You know, or proud in their own humility. <laughs> yeah. But if you self sincerely, you have to, it's our responsibility to give to give to our pastors. Praise God. 
Honor is the biblical proof of sonship. But you may say that, ah, my, my pastor doesn't need, need it. You are given to your pastor not because your pastor need it. It is not because your pastor need it. But it's a principle ordained in scripture. The Bible says, you know what Paul said? Not that I desire a gift, but fruit that may abound unto your account. Not that I desire a gift. In Philippians 4, 17, not that I desire a gift, but fruit that may abound to your account. You have, all of us have opened heaven's account. We have accounts. The way you have accounts in Ecobank, in APSA, and all these places. In heaven, you also have an account. Not that I desire a gift. But, no, if the pastor forces it from you, it, it's wrong. The, the, pastor, the pastor, any pastor who give me this, give me this, questionable. But you must have revelation to give it freely, not because you are under compulsion because God has spoken to your heart hallelujah and you know it's in, it's in the word yeah but it's not that the pastors they bring me this no, that's not what I'm talking about you know your pastors are not like that hallelujah but it's just, no, if you see any congregation that get blessed that's what they do this is not for the pastor it's for you it's um, the biblical principle of economy there are principles God's economy runs by Different from this following system. Don't let the word influence your mind. Or the word gives you pressure that comes from the word. There's a system cut for we believers. Let's follow it and we'll see the result. My final scripture, look at Galatians chapter 5, chapter 6. Galatians 6, verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Can I give you another version so we will understand what he's saying? Because of the word communicate in King James. Can I give you another version? Let him that is taught let him who is taught the word share all good things with him who teaches okay other version says let him share his wealth to the one who is teaching him praise god the next verse king james the next verse so he says that let the one who is let the one who is taught share his wealth to the one who is teaching him now, it doesn't mean that any person you see on television who is teaching share your wealth with that person that's not what he's talking about or it doesn't mean that anybody you see teaching you have to just go and share your wealth that's not what the Bible is talking about hallelujah let him that is taught communicate or share his wealth to the one who is teaching him he's not talking about any other person the word the one who is teaching him is the word kateku but the word for teaching is the daskalos. What I'm doing here is the daskalos. But what, when your pastor stands here, what he does is kateku. I'll explain. So he says that give to the one who is kateku. Not the one who is the daskalos. I just said it in Greek because it's the same teaching, teaching. There are many people who are preaching the word. He's not saying carry what you have to go and give to them. Of course, there's a room for that. But in this verse specifically, he's talking about the one who is your leader or your leaders who are raising you up, 
who are giving you a mindset who are transforming you from glory to glory you understand the word the word kateko is where we have the word catechism uh-huh. you've gone to catechism before if you were once a catholic uh-huh. <laughs> to catechize you know you know so he's your leader who is raising you up he says give to him very important then the last verse says that the next verse says that be not deceived God is not mocked. In fact, in the Greek, it is imperative. Stop being deceived. Stop being deceived. Actually, those who are not given to their pastor or their leaders are actually under deception. So, the Galatian churches were actually deceived. Influenced from the world. So, Paul now speaks with imperative sense. Stop being deceived right now. That's a Greek. Stop being deceived. Then he says, God is not mocked. If you are not given to your pastor, you are mocking God. Mock is mockterizo, where you get the word nose, mockte. That means, you know, you are opening your nose wide to God. You know what? It, you know, it means you are scolding God or you are ridiculing God. Uh-huh. You are getting it, eh? You are getting it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, when you are not giving, <laughs> I wish I can demonstrate it. <laughs> You're opening your nose to God. <laughs> so can you imagine that it, it's a serious matter? I don't know whether people read this in the Bible. This is not man's suggestion. Whatever is written in the word is for, for us. Uh, so the way you plan ahead of time, that's what you, what you should plan for your pastor. Plan. Plan. It's, it's, and you're going to be blessed. Uh, uh, it works so. It works because if you do these things, you, you live beyond your salary. Your, 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 your salary cannot contain your vision. The vision God wants to give you in this life and the things you have to do for God. Your salary is nothing to write home about. It's nothing to write home about. The things the world is dying for will be chasing you. Seeking first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And all these things shall be what added. Now, in the Greek, all these things will be drawn to you like a magnet. So while you are pursuing the kingdom, these things are pursuing you. So powerful. Yeah. But it works. The, the kingdom principles are so powerful. All these men here are <laughs> great testimonies. These men sitting here, they are testimonies actually. It, it works. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. It's a secret. I, I want to even expose some cry. <laughs> I want to say some cry. Ah. Ah. It's powerful. The latest one I received, Reverend Daniel said someone just brought him two cars as a gift. I said, hey, because this man has suffered in life, but I know. <laughs> He has suffered ridicule for the ministry's sake. He suffered. The way God is blessing him, even myself, I'm shocked. I can sit in my room and I'll go like, hey, God, you are faithful. We're saying it that, oh, God is faithful, but when you see it manifesting, then you go like, hey, Charlie, this thing is real. It's real. Hallelujah. It's real. So you seek the Lord. Two weeks ago, Pastor Tim brought me a land cruiser to dedicate because someone just brought it to him for serving God. Hallelujah. 
Yeah. That come using down there, I brought a vineyard. It's my birthday gift. Yes, it's my birthday gift. Hallelujah. Yeah. But when we married, we're walking. Yeah. <laughs> I said, the car we got, with my, I had my pregnant wife then. The car will stop somewhere in the middle of the road and we have to leave it. Yeah. But I'm saying that God is faithful. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> God is faithful. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you followed his principles outlined for you, you'll see it. You, 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 life will be enjoyable. Yeah. Giving actually proves your spirituality. Can't you imagine this is what you have, you want to live on. I'm going to give to another person. You must truly be spiritual. You must be spiritual. You, you must be selfless to do that because it's not easy like that. Hey! What about me? That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 9 that it is a proof that they were, sub- they were subjected to the gospel. They were submissive to the gospel. It works. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lift up your voice and bless the Lord. Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. Your name be exalted forever. Thank you for our pastor and thank you for our shepherds. Thank you that they will usher the flock into food, where to find food and rest. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. To you be all glory. To you be all praise and honor forever. We love you, Father. We give you praise, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we please be upstanding? Hello, It's a beautiful thing to be in the house of the Lord and hear such words. Teachings that clearly define what we do and why we do what we do. Hallelujah. Daddy, God bless you. Honored to be a son. Hello. So that is my dad. So he is my father. Hallelujah. So you wonder why I do what I do and the way I'm the way they are because that's how he is. Hallelujah. And so, um, Hallelujah. Daddy, I've been preaching a message. I started last week. No, I've been teaching about honor for some time now. And I, I started teaching last week on honor your man of God. 